Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Game Talk Radio. I'm Greg, and uh, today we're going to be doing things a little different on the podcast because we're just going to be talking about all of the E3 stuff. So if you somehow don't know, E3 is that magical time of the year where we get together for a few days, we hear about all the new games coming out, and we get to look at more in-depth stuff about other games that are coming out that were already announced, and uh, we get to hear some release dates, exciting more news, stuff like that. Uh, so there's a lot of reveals and then just a lot of covering of titles we've already heard about before. So uh, we're just going to kind of go down the line. We're going to start with EA. We're going to end with Nintendo. And we're just going to kind of go through them all here. So to begin, uh, unfortunately, we have to begin with EA. So EA was on Saturday morning, and this is the only one that I didn't watch live. Unfortunately, I was working all day Saturday, so I had to kind of do a recap, uh, and I watched it later. And, you know, unfortunately, and, and you've probably seen the messages and you've seen the memes and stuff, but it's it's unfortunately gotten just blasted. You know, people think it's pretty lame and that it wasn't a very good presentation. And and uh, that it was frankly quite boring. So we're just going to kind of go through it here and 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 I I tend to agree. Um the first thing they showed was obviously BioWare's latest game Anthem, which uh they had a new trailer for which um if you remember last year they showed more of that canned which I'll talk about in the Ubisoft one as well, but they showed more of that canned uh fake real talking like canned party chat and it was just terrible um the the big selling point here was that anthem won't use loot boxes like that's an advertised point now we have to talk about it's it's all about hey we listened we're not gonna use loot boxes because you complained so much and killed the sales of star wars battlefront 2 with it uh so you know, so, you know, and Anthem actually looks pretty good. I, I do want to try it, but like games like it, it's very similar to a Destiny or a Division or all those sort of games that are online worlds where you have to, it's all about the end game and how do they keep us wanting to play the game? Like how, how often do they give us new content and how expensive is that new content? And I think that's why we're seeing Destiny kind of struggling right now is because they didn't have great content right away they limited the content out of the box and then started to want to charge you for the extra content and that was something that just doesn't fly with the, with the average consumer uh so then they went into battlefield 5 again which again i'm looking pretty good too battlefield 5 is uh is going back to world war 2 which is uh you know everything comes full circle right you know <laughs> like like uh they went into the future they've done all this stuff went back to battlefield 1 and now they're back here and um so Battlefield 5, though, one of the more uh, interesting announcements was that they're adding a Battle Royale mode, which realistically isn't that surprising to me, I suppose. it uh, Everyone's going to be doing it. I guess we should have kind of seen it coming here. Um, and by the way, I'm just using GameSpot's website because it had a just nice recap. There was no way, like I took notes, but there was just no way to remember everything. And I wanted to have a nice list to just kind of go through and, and comment on how I felt when I watched them live, just using this as a nice reference, so... Um, and then they uh, started talking about Command and Conquer, and I was like, "Holy crap, Command and Conquer's coming back!" And they showed kind of a trailer, and I was like, "Well, you know, Kane doesn't look very good. He's the leader of the Nod faction." I was like, "It eh, looks okay." Eh, eh. And then all of a sudden, it's like, and it's coming out Command and Conquer Rivals for mobile. It's <laughs> like, ah, damn it. <laughs> so I was just like, whatever. Uh, I don't care. You know, I just I'm not a mobile gamer. Not that it's gonna be a bad mobile game. It's just I don't like to game on mobile, so it has no you know, no interest to me. Then they went into talking about uh, FIFA 19. Um, they got the Champions League, 
uh, from Konami and uh, PES. Uh, so that's actually pretty impressive. You know, EA going out and buying more exclusives to make the other games less competitive. You know, it's something they did obviously with the NFL when they bought the exclusive rights to the NFL back in the day. <clears throat> um, then they showed more about Madden 19, NBA 19. I mean, their sports games are a staple of them. They have to show them. But to me, it just wasn't very exciting. Uh, they added, they're adding a Clone Wars DLC to Battlefront 2. Um, then they announced, though, this was very interesting to me, was the uh, a new Star Wars game by Respawn Entertainment. So Respawn is the makers of Titanfall, and previously they were the studio heads of of um infinity ward and so they made call of duty up all the way through modern warfare 2 and then they left to form respawn with ea and they're working on a new uh, star wars game that's exciting to me i mean that's a really good studio especially if you haven't played titanfall 2 play it it's got an incredible single player for a first person shooter they actually put a lot of focus on that so it gives me a lot of uh, hope that there's going to be a good star wars game that has good multiplayer and good single player not just battlefront which is essentially a mic uh, an online focus game even though battlefront 2 does have a story mode it, to me it was not very good to be frank uh then they talked about unravel 2 which, uh, which if you didn't play Unravel, it's a, it's a quirky, cute little indie game where he plays like Yarny, this little red guy, and it's limited in the platforming. You have to use like your yarn of yourself to get to places, but then after a while you get like you're overextended, so you have to grab like another ball of yarn. To it was just a really neat little platformer, very, very artsy fartsy, but it was, it was good. It was kind of fun, uh, and that was pretty much EA. I mean, they really didn't talk about much. They do talk about their, um, you know, their their EA Indies program where they're not making like EA originals. Like they're not making any money on these games, like a way out and some other stuff like that. And, and I don't know, it just seems really disingenuous. Like we're supposed to feel happy that they're helping a small company out. I mean, they get benefit from that too. So let's not just pretend like it's charity or something from them, but you know, all in all, I don't know what EA could have done that would have been any better. These are the games they have coming out and it, it, that's just what they have and that's what their offering is. Um, so uh, so EA, I mean, I don't, I'm not really a fan of saying who won uh, E3 and I don't like to rank who's better than who, because I, I just think that's unfair. It's like comparing apples and oranges. Like you have different markets you're often appealing to, but what I would say is I'm okay with giving them a grade. And I think they did uh, like, like me in high school <laughs> in certain classes, they did just the minimum to get by. So I'm going to say like EA just had, was a solid C, you know, like they, they just, uh, um, they just did what they had to do to get through the conference and they had stuff to show and they didn't wow anybody, but it's not like they crapped the bed either. You know, it just, it was a C. So moving on to Microsoft. Now this one, this one was really shocking to me because if you haven't heard my podcast before, you haven't heard my, my uh, videos before, you'll know I'm a pretty staunch Sony supporter. So in the quote unquote console wars, I've been, typically fighting on the side of Sony. Um, obviously, I have an Xbox, though, and I play the great Xbox games that come along, but I prefer to play on the PlayStation, uh, and so that's where I get my multiplats, and the exclusives on PlayStation, to me, are more appealing than the exclusives on the Xbox. Not that I don't have Xbox games. I do. I just uh, It's just not my favorite. So I'm always open and honest about that, you know, that I have a preference. My preference is typically Sony. Uh, so Microsoft's press conference, for me, is always you know, I'm, I'm always not super interested because they're not my preferred console. So I, you know, after, after previous years, I had very low expectations going into Microsoft. They, they oftentimes like it was either last year or the year before they talked about 
FIFA and they brought out like a soccer player. I think it was Pele. They bring him, you know, they bring these people out and then it's just super slow and boring. It's awkward. It's not good. And you're just sitting there and then they talk about hardware and talk about HoloLens for 20 minutes. And you're just like, oh, so when's it coming out? Like, oh, it's a tech demo. It's a prototype for some tech demo that might be available in the future. Okay. And, and all these things. So you're always just very bored. And when uh, they announced it was going to be a two hour presser, I was like, man, this is going to be tough to sit through. Um, but boy, was I wrong. So here's some of the things they showed off. Now, the one thing that we criticize Microsoft for, and I tweeted this out the other day, but a lot, a lot of times we'll criticize Microsoft for not talking about games. They're so busy talking about, oh, it's a media center. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. And they just like, just tell us about the games. Well, this year, Phil Spencer was not messing around because he basically said our whole conference, which it was two hours, was all about games. They went out and they got the exclusive announcements that they wanted. Uh, they exclusively announced a bunch of games coming out that are going to be multi-platform. So you'll be able to play them on a Sony console or on PC, but they got to announce it. And this is something Sony's done a lot in the past is they'll lock down these really great announcements even though it's not a sony only game it's just they've had that relationship with developers or and, and i don't know exactly how it works i mean i want to say it's probably a monetary thing like sony would pay them a you know some sort of thing or they would give them a discount on distribution collections on something if they get an exclusive like there's some deal that's worked in there right um however it works out and this year microsoft went after it so we're going to kind of talk about this so you know one of the first things and, and again microsoft went at you know was the first conference on sunday was it Sunday? I think it was Sunday, like during, like during, I know it was Sunday, it was like during the day, I think it was. Um, and, uh, and it was, it, it was really, you know, it was really good. And so they were first, they beat Sony by a day and they beat Sony in total number of games. They talked about, and they even had a slideshow right at the beginning. Phil Spencer comes out and says, we have 50 games and we have 15 exclusives or whatever and 13 uh, world premieres and basically they were talking about how they're going to be the place showing off the cool stuff to start the e3 week and and indeed they were so first they were talking about uh and this is just kind of alphabetically Ooh, this is just kind of alphabetically but uh so they had talked about the awesome adventures of captain spirit now this is something that doesn't interest me it's a it's a it's a my understanding is it's a demo for life is strange 2 so a sequel to Life is Strange, but the demo is totally free to play, and it's kind of, you're playing as a different character, but it's trying to introduce you into other things in this world. Um, I wasn't really a fan of Life is Strange. I didn't like the game, so I'm not, you know, this doesn't really excite me at all. Um, then, near the end of the show, they super minusculely teased Battletoads. So there's a new Battletoads coming sometime in 2019, so we have no idea if it's an indie game, if it's a marketplace, small game, or if they're going to try to do like a full... Gears of War style third person beat him up. I don't I don't know, um, but they announced it. Uh, they talked about a new uh, a new uh, DLC for Cuphead, so that's a big deal. Um, they talked more about Crackdown Three. They finally announced a release date. Unfortunately, it's coming next year, but they did talk about it. Uh, one of the videos as they're running around, they did show him picking up orbs, which in Crackdown One you'd pick up orbs and the more orbs you got, you permanently increased whatever they were. So you picked up speed orbs, you'd run faster. You started picking up agility orbs or power orbs. You could jump further or punch stronger, you know, punch harder. And, and it was actually really, really good. So I liked Crackdown 1 a lot. And if Crackdown 3 tries to go back to that formula, I think it'd be really good. They also showed uh, one of the vehicles you drive, like a, the car was able to like, it was almost like a Hot Wheels tracks and it was driving around buildings upside down. It was, it was actually kind of neat. So I'm, I'm hoping that game ends up being good. We'll see. It's been delayed a long time. So sometimes a game being delayed a long time means it was in development hell. 
But other times when a game gets delayed but still comes out, it means that they saw something special in the game, like um, Shadow of the Colossus, or excuse me, um, Last Guardian. There's a reason that game survived development hell, because they saw a, a certain magic in it, and I think maybe that's what they see with Crackdown 3 as well. Or they just see that they don't have a lot of exclusives, and they need to make sure that they stick it out. Um, now, my one of my biggest announcements of the show, one of the most things I'm more hyped for than anything, is Cyberpunk 2077. Cyberpunk, if you don't know, uh, started off as like a tabletop role-playing game that uh, is based on a, you know, they, they coined the phrase, uh, the phrase Cyberpunk, um, and it, it's basically a futuristic uh, I don't know how to say it. it's, it's almost like because it was created in the 80s, I believe, early 80s. So imagine a future that's got that 80s flair to it. But obviously you have uh, cybernetic enhancements. You have evil corporations that run the world, you know, and you have all this other sort of stuff. Um, very stylistic, you know, that's got that 80s kind of synth uh soundtrack to everything the car that he gets in basically they showed a new trailer and the trailer was just um well it was it was stunning i mean it was just really really awesome and so cyberpunk is that's made by the team that did witcher 3 it's their most largest and most ambitious game ever and i i just cannot wait i don't think we'll even see it next year i have a feeling it's going to be like 2020 it'll probably maybe it'll be a launch title on next gen consoles and it'll be on on previous gen but either way i don't care i just want to play it and it just looks fantastic uh and obviously it's only a trailer we haven't seen much gameplay yet but I just, I don't care. <laughs> I just got to have it. Plus, they did a really cool thing in the beginning when they were they were showing some text on the screen. And not only was it just looking like like they got hacked and it was filling in this, this sort of filler screen, it was also they were giving away Xbox codes for Witcher 3 Game of the Year Edition. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of neat. Like, it was a neat way. They hit a bunch of codes in there, and actually one of my friends got one. Uh, so that was really neat. <clears throat> um, and so then the, one of the other biggest announcements of E3 so far that I'm super jazzed and excited for was Devil May Cry 5. So there were rumors about this for a while. The leaks had been uh, strong with this one. But again, we hadn't seen anything. Finally, Devil May Cry 5 is coming out and it looks incredible. Um, my, my, what I read, the early synopsis is Dante has given Nero the Devil May Cry neon sign. And so Nero has added that to a van and they have a mobile Devil May Cry shop. If you've never played Devil May Cry before, Dante was the main hero and he actually ran like a demon hunting business. And so now that he's passing that along to Nero, uh, what I found really interesting and, and quite honestly frustrating about this was all the news started coming out and people were hating on the looks of Dante. <clears throat> Excuse me. They were hating on the look of Dante. And unfortunately, they were looking at Nero. And because people are so uneducated and they just see something and react to it, they're too stupid to like look deeper into it. It was Nero, not Dante. And and it was really, really frustrating that like people were kind of trashing the game already. Um, my understanding is that it's a direct sequel to Devil May Cry 4, but still timeline-wise before Devil May Cry 2. And if you're not familiar with the series, Devil May Cry 1 is a great game. And then 2 was set many years in the future from that. Uh, and then Devil May Cry 3 was actually a prequel, so you went back to the very first origin story. And then Devil May Cry 4 was after part 1, but before part 2. <laughs> so it was really right in the middle. So 5 is going to be after 1 and 4, but before part 2. And then they showed, uh, they did show Dante in the trailer, and I thought it looked pretty good. Um, however, Capcom, it seems to be as they're jumping console generations, like we saw, um, 
with the Sony presser talking about Resident Evil 2, they, they're changing character models. Like, they want to make what they want the character to look like as of right now. And so, unfortunately, they're not taking a lot of inspiration from the old games. Like, Leon and Claire don't look much like the previous Leon and Claire's. But it's fine, you know? I mean, it, it, it's their game, and, and I, I don't care so much about that as I do care about the gameplay and how well it turns out. Um, but to keep going on, uh, at the Microsoft, they talked about the Division 2. Uh, after Division 2, which, I, I mean, I need to know what's going to make it different from Division 1. And you can't just announce to me that it's got eight-player raids now and that, think that I'm going to buy that game. Like, there has to be something about it. Um, and so we'll see. They announced Dying Light 2, which looks really, really good. Dying Light was an excellent first-person zombie game that added, like, a parkour element. And it looked really good. So I'm very excited to see Dying Light 2. Uh, that's Techland. That's the team that originally did Dead Island, and then they moved on to Dying Light. And uh, and it's a very, very good game. So if you've never played Dying Light, but you like first-person kind of open-world zombie survival games, it's, it's right up there. It's very, very good. Very polished, too. Um, and then they actually got to debut the Fallout 76 trailer. So we knew that Bethesda was going to talk more about it. And unfortunately, the, the Xbox one didn't have any, they didn't have any information, but they did have a trailer. And so that was really cool. Again, it couldn't really get you too jazzed up because you didn't know anything. You were just basically waiting for, you were just basically waiting for, you know, Bethesda's conference a couple hours later to tell you the actual details. Um, they talked about Forza Horizon 4, which I guess we kind of knew was coming. There were rumors that the team making Forza Horizon were actually working on a Fable game, which obviously is not coming out as we heard about Forza Horizon 4. However, Microsoft made a bunch of announcements about um, buying up and opening some new studios. And so they actually bought the Forza Horizon studio, and now they're using their expertise to help with other genres and open world games so you're like oh so maybe they are helping with a fable rpg it just wasn't maybe far enough along to show and that's certainly fine uh then uh we had some oh, and and as far as forza 4 goes it looks incredible they're adding seasons to it and then they're also going to it takes place in the uk so some really beautiful countrysides there it, it's going to be fantastic the forza horizon games are some of my favorite racing games not a fan of gran turismo personally even though being a sony guy and i've never been a fan of the original forza games but horizon kind of found that balance between fun and simulation and of course graphically just gorgeous game so then he started talking about uh a couple of Gears of War announcements. So first we had Gears 5, which right now they're just calling it Gears 5. So I don't know if it'll be called Gears of War 5, just Gears 5. And it looks like a really good, you know, story-based game. It's going to continue the story from Gears 4. And it looks it looks neat. I mean, it looks like it should. It looks really good. Um, they're going to keep cranking this out. It's Microsoft owns that IP now. They bought it from Epic. So it's kind of like good for them you know I'm, I, I hope it's good I've never been a Gears fan like I played one and two and always liked it but after that I just never really kept me going um, then they announced they announced Gears Tactics uh, which looks kind of like XCOM meets Gears of War and you can you can hella sign me up for that because I, I love tactics games like XCOM um, or Rabbids, Mario Rabbids, if you want to think of that on the Switch. Uh, I love those type of tactical turn-based games and a Gears of War one seems to fit perfect. In fact, I was just, and this isn't related to the conference, but I was just watching a video this morning that there's a new Warhammer tactics game coming out that looks really good too, Warhammer 40k. So it looks really good. Uh, and then this one was interesting. It was a, it was a mobile game announced and it was Gears, it's called Gears Pop. So Pop Figures by Funko. It was like, imagine like Lego Batman. Well, if they made a Funko Pop Batman, this what this was, except with Gears of War. So it was, 
like Lego Gears of War. Nope, it was Gears Pop. So Funko Gears of War, however you want to look at it. And so obviously it's a mobile game. So I'm not quite sure how the gameplay is going to be. However, I actually think it's really smart branding because Gears of War is one of those franchises that you can't really market to the younger crowd. And Microsoft has a little bit of a problem right now with their first party exclusives and games not being accessible to all ages. So taking one of your franchises and kind of like Jordan said it best yesterday, it was like complete opposite ends of the spectrum. You've got your Gears of War more as mature as humanly possible over here. And then you've got your Funko Pops, which are as cutesy and, and fun as could be over here. So to mash those two together, I think it was actually quite brilliant. And I think it, it, that could grow into other things. You could see Halo Pop. You could see, I mean, you could see PlayStation stuff too. Pop could start licensing Marvel stuff, maybe Marvel Pop. And you have this sort of, you know, the, the, the sky is the limit when it comes to the marketing possibilities with those two, uh, with that franchise. Uh, so it, it could be really cool. It do, do, I'm not really excited to play the game, not really, but I still see the, the benefit to it. And, and I think it's gonna be kind of neat. Uh, and then, and actually they started the show with this, but they started, uh, they started the show with a Halo Infinite trailer. Um, and it wasn't really so much a trailer. It was all cinematic. Uh, you know, there's all this stuff happening, and then they show Chief with his helmet off, he puts it on, and then it's called Halo Infinite, so I don't know if that's going to be a play on words as far as they just want to not call it Halo 6, um, or if there's something else to it, if there's online functionality, like, we don't quite know yet, uh, they really didn't have much information about it, uh, but it is coming, so they are working on it, and it's probably pretty far away, because they didn't talk much else about it, <laughs> uh, th and, and again, this is a game that's coming to multiple systems, but they, they had a bunch of, you know, a world-exclusive announcement announcements that were that they were the first to talk about jump force was another one so if you don't know there's a game called jump stars or shonen jump is a is a magazine in japan that features a lot of different uh, manga and it uh, the mangas it features is where dragon ball z was for a long time naruto um one piece and death note so in this game they're all crossing over as like a, a fighting game similar to like dragon ball xenoverse and so you have like naruto fighting goku and then at the very end they teased that you could see ryuk from death note and so there was a really neat stuff there and, and i don't know the gameplay in those games usually isn't very good sadly it's not very fun for me but i do like the idea of the crossover so if they can finally get a really good game to go along with it we might see something cool uh, and then they talked about Just Cause 4, which had been leaked ahead of time by having a Steam page. Um, but Just Cause 4 looks crazy as ever. It looks really, really good. If you've never played Just Cause, I always call it Grand Theft Auto without the rules. You have a grappling hook, and it's really a playground that has physics-based um, components, and it kind of lets you do whatever you want. So, for instance, you have a grappling gun. You can shoot both ends to attach to things. So you could shoot a helicopter, and you could fly with a helicopter and like it's flying away and you would just be hanging on that's pretty cool right or you can shoot it to a helicopter shoot the other end to a car and watch the helicopter take the car away <laughs> or you could do the same thing there but get into the car and then ride the car and then get out and surf on the hood of the car while the helicopter carries away on a grappling hook so as you can see there's just a lot of different things you can do and it looks really really good just cause is an incredible game i do hope they 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 mash in some multiplayer because the mod for just cause 2 that added multiplayer was really really good but they haven't done their own multiplayer so i'd very much like to see just cause 4 have at least a co-op because they're kind of filling the shoes in my opinion of saints row now but they're also keeping it more grounded saints row especially with saints row 4 went just off the rails with the alien invasion angle you know just cause is still you know trying to be down to earth uh, at least a little bit no pun intended 
Uh, then they debuted a trailer of Kingdom Hearts 3. So again, this is a game that's most likely going to sell three to four times better on the Sony system than on the Xbox, but they got the exclusive rights. So whatever deal they worked out with, uh, with Square Enix, they, they got the right to show it. And Kingdom Hearts 3, I've never been really a fan of Kingdom Hearts, but obviously it's a game a lot of people have been waiting a very long time for, and it's finally coming, so I'm very happy for them. Especially because they have uh, levels from uh, Frozen, they showed Wreck-It Ralph, uh, they showed like more Toy Story stuff, it just looked really good. Uh, then they talked about Metro Exodus. Metro is a first-person game I have to admit I've never played before. It's kind of a wasteland post-apocalyptic, and I remember most of the game was underground in these tunnels. You couldn't really go to the surface much because of like how toxic it was or whatever. And in this new one, it seems like you're up top a lot. Graphically, it seems to be pushing the boundaries of what anything can do. It looks just incredible. I'll be very excited to play it. It looks good. I have the two-pack of the other Metro games, and I've always wanted to play them. I just need to buckle down one day and pop them in and play them but I just haven't yet. Uh, then they went on to talk about Ori and the Will of the Wisps. This is a sequel to Ori and the Blind Forest, which was one of the best indie games I've ever played. It's a 2D side-scroller Metroid Castlevania type game, and it, it's it's really beautiful looking, very tight controls, plays very well, and this is just a sequel to that, and it looks just as good, so I don't have any reason to doubt that it's going to be awesome. Uh, again, we don't have a lot of details, but it just looks really good, and they debuted, uh, debuted a new trailer when it came to that. Uh, then we they talked about un, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, I've played many times on PC. Um, PUBG is you know a game I put a lot of time into, but unfortunately, like the Xbox version, I, I, I've heard it's plagued with bugs and issues, and we'll just kind of have to see how it goes. Um, they apparently are adding a new map uh, sometime this summer, so I'm happy for them and for them to get the new map. But that game has, needs a lot of work, and unfortunately, with the other battle royale games kind of creeping in i don't see how that game stays relevant if they don't speed up their growth and their development uh then they tease some more content for sea of thieves uh, again a game i played and wasn't really interested in uh but they are coming out with some some new dlc for that and then and then from software debuted their new game there so again microsoft this is normally the place where you'd see sony debuting a lot of these games like a kingdom hearts 3 trailer or sekio and all these other games but nope, it, it was Microsoft debuting Sekio, Shadows Die Twice, and it's a new From Software game. Uh, it looked to me a lot like Bloodborne's faster-paced controls, but with, uh, you know, like Bloodborne's controls, but with uh, like a Japanese aesthetic. So almost like samurais, and, 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 but they still added demons and monsters and stuff like that. So I thought that was pretty good. I might be a little bit nervous talking about Sekio as a Soulsborne game because it might not be. It, it could be similar in style to some of their other stuff like Okage, or excuse me, Otagi. <laughs> Okage is a, a PS2 uh, RPG. Uh, Otagi was a was a third-person action game from the original Xbox. And from software, as much as I love their Soulsborne's games, I have to admit that they... They have made oddball games before in the past, and on the PS2 and Xbox era specifically, they've gotten away from that formula that everyone loves, and they've made some weird games in there. So this could be one of those, but I'm hoping that they've learned that obviously Bloodborne, while a change from their Soulsborne series, still kind of had that feel and heart to it, and that'll keep people going. Um, but again, a great announcement from From Software. Uh, and then they talked a little bit more about the Xbox Game Pass. They added more titles to it. Um... And uh, they're, they're going to have a new Xbox Fast Start program, which is going to make games load faster and a whole bunch of stuff like that. So anyway, that's just kind of the recap 
from Microsoft. It certainly was up to this point, it was the best of the show and it was really, really good. So again, I'm not really big on comparing to other other people, but I have to say that, I mean, it, it, yeah, if I had to say, I would say, man, I, I really have to give Microsoft an A on this one. I'm just going to give it to them. Uh, I, they did everything that everybody wanted. You know, there certainly could have been more Halo and there might have been people who were expecting certain games that felt disappointed. But I don't see how Microsoft could have made a better conference. They went out of their way to get exclusive releases, even though they're not console exclusives to them. They're exclusive announcements. They were the first ones to get trailers. They showed off a new From Software game. They 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 went out and they got the exclusives. Um, and again, so they also talked about a little bit, which I wanted to cover, was their their purchasing and, and buying of certain studios. One of those studios in particular is uh, Ninja Theory. So Ninja Theory most recently did Senua Sacrifice. Uh, and then they in the past have done Heavenly Sword and they did Enslaved and they did DMC Devil May Cry. So I actually like this company quite a bit. I think Ninja Theory is one of the best triple, I guess you have to call them triple I, except they're not anymore. They were the, they were an independent studio pumping out triple A games all the time. And, and I think that's a very difficult thing to do uh, and, and to be consistent. In fact, they were having struggles as a studio. They self-published Senua and uh, they did really well with it, actually. So that's why this news was a little surprising to me because, you know, they, and I guess Microsoft had approached them before and they weren't really in the best place to sell. So thankfully, they, with their last game being so popular, uh, you know, they were able to have a little more ground with Microsoft and say, look, you know, we want to make these certain types of games. We want complete creative control. We just want the support and marketing. And apparently Microsoft agreed to that deal. So I, I hope it all works out well for them. We all know what happens in the past, though, after a studio like that doesn't make a couple great games. It's possible for that for Microsoft to gobble them up, to break them up. It is definitely there as a possibility. But I don't think we'll see it, uh, not right away anyway. This is a studio of really talented people, and I hope that they get to keep making these awesome games for us because they um, they certainly have the capabilities for sure, and, and they're a very, very good studio. So the next we're going to move on to Bethesda. So Bethesda's conference, um, you know, when I first heard Bethesda was doing one again, I thought, I can't imagine what Bethesda could do to fill... A conference <laughs> um you know it's it's just bethesda they what what can they really do um yeah they got fallout elder scrolls you know this and that and then as i was watching it i couldn't believe i forget sometimes how many franchises are under the bethesda umbrella and the quality of a lot of those franchises so again this is essentially an alphabetical order not in the order they were in the show but bethesda put on a pretty good show too um we got to see doom eternal uh, so that's essentially a sequel to Doom, and thankfully I didn't just call it Doom 2, so we don't have to be as confused with the 800 different games that have the same names, Doom, Doom 2, and Doom 2, 2, and Doom, Doom Reboot 2, and Doom's 2016 2, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it looks really good, you know, I mean, they didn't show a whole lot, but it's Doom, and, and uh, I have to be honest, I haven't played the remake, the reboot yet, and I definitely want to, and I've heard very good things, so I gotta, I gotta jam on that. And then we actually got some some Elder Scrolls information. So two big ones were um, Elder Scrolls Legends coming to the Switch and PS4 and Xbox One. And then a new mobile game called Elder Scrolls Blades. And this one is like a full-fledged first-person Elder Scrolls game on your phone. And it, it looks pretty good, actually. So uh, And, and I'm, my understanding is it's free, <laughs> too. So uh, it, really cool. I'm 
they, they, I mean, it's, it's, you know, when they did the Fallout Shelter game, it was clearly a mobile game that they kind of skinned as a Fallout game. You know, Elder Scrolls Blades is an Elder Scrolls game that they're fitting on your smartphone. And, and I think that looks really cool. So, you know, we'll have to more know about that. Uh, hopefully we'll know more about that soon. I want to say that's coming out later this year. I think you can pre-order it or sign up for it on the App Store already. Uh, and then very, very quietly at the end of the show, they did tease the Elder Scrolls 6. So they do not have uh, a name for it yet. Uh, people are, are rumored to looking at the map saying it's going to be Hammerfall. So it could certainly be. Uh, so we'll have to see. Um, but obviously they're working on a new Elder Scrolls game. And, and they had mentioned that it was going to be the first next gen game announced at E3. So they're claiming that it's which pretty much tells us it'll probably be current gen and next gen probably won't be coming out till 2020 when the new systems are expected but that's a, that was an interesting twist i think and uh, so bethesda kind of cranked uh, cranked us on that a little bit but hey why not just show it to us i mean there's no harm not that we didn't know it was coming and so i'm not i'm not shocked by the news but why not i have no problem hearing about it it doesn't you know it doesn't get me all all crazy but i, I think it's cool and, and then the big details we we're waiting for then came to fallout 76 so fallout 76 the new Fallout game coming out has been revealed to be an always online multiplayer game. So realistically, it, you could call it an MMO in the sense that it's a massively multiplayer online game. You're going to play with all other players. You can play co-op or you can play by yourself. It has a lot more base building built in, but you aren't just limited to your base. You can now take like this portable base unit, move it wherever you want. There will be PvP. There will be... Um, things to find and things to explore there are robots uh quest givers i believe uh so it'll be very i'm very curious to see how it's going to play and i don't know how they're going to avoid the griefing that goes along with those kind of open world multiplayer survival games uh and obviously the the worst part about it in my opinion is being an online game it no longer has the vats system so if you've never played fallout before it's a first person shooter but the vats system is basically almost makes the game like a turn-based RPG. So you can approach an enemy, you hit VATS, and it slows the game down to almost stopping it. And it, you can target different parts of the body. It'll give you percentages on what your chance is to hit and stuff like that. And it was just a really cool way to play it. I always preferred that, if, especially if the action got a little crazy in a certain area. It was just kind of fun to you know, shoot, and then you could load up shooting multiple guys at once and just let the game kind of play out the scenario. Obviously, in a multiplayer game, you can't really freeze the game for everybody while you figure out what, what part of the body you want to shoot. So Fallout 76 won't have the VAT system, which is really disappointing. It'll just be a first-person shooter, but it is Fallout still, and we'll kind of see. Story-wise, it's actually a prequel to all of their Fallout games. Apparently, it's only 20 or 30 years after the world got obliterated that you came out of the shelter, and now you're trying to rebuild the world. And so you're essentially some of the first vault dwellers to uh, to come out to the, the wasteland. Um, they talked about Fallout Shelter coming to the Nintendo Switch, the PS4. Uh, I guess that's cool. I mean, I could play that. That seems to me like a game I'd play on my phone. I don't know why I'd ever play that on my console. Um, they announced DLC for Prey, uh, which I still haven't played yet. I heard it's very good, but it's called... Uh, um, moon crash so that looks pretty cool uh they announced quake champions is going to be free if you download it this week uh many would argue it should have been free from the beginning um but they're trying to uh you know get more people uh they're trying to build their player base and one of the best ways to do that is to offer the game for free especially as a big announcement during e3 
Uh, and even though this leaked a week before E3, they did talk more about Rage 2, which is actually being created by Avalanche, which is the studio that does Just Cause, and they did Mad Max. They're working on Rage 2, uh, so it's their first their first FPS. So we'll very curious to see how Avalanche does with an FPS. Um, but it, it looks, you know, it looks kind of fun, I guess. I, I didn't like the first Rage, so it's hard to get excited about a sequel when you don't really care about the original. But well, I guess we'll have to see. A lot of people were really hyped for it. It, it kind of looks like a Borderlands game without the cell shading, and, uh, and and yeah, so you know, it looks it looks cool. Um, you know, it had vehicles and you drive around, and and the physics looked really good. So, you know, uh, this was kind of a surprise announcement for me. This was long rumored, uh, but no one had really said anything. But um, Bethesda announced an all new IP. This is what they say is their first new IP from Bethesda in 20 years or. 25 years or something and it's called starfield so if they use that same sort of fallout elder scrolls but turn it into a space opera where it's like space exploration oh my gosh i mean that could be an ultimate space sim by a studio that really knows how to do open world games it'll have a lot of bugs too but it'll be possible um and then they talked about a wolfenstein vr game um where you hack Nazi robots. That's what all we know about that so far. They, uh, they announced Wolfenstein young bloods, which is kind of cool. So that you're going to play as the daughters of BJ, uh, Blazkowicz. That's the main character from Wolfenstein. And you play as his twin daughters in a co-op shooter in the Wolfenstein universe. So that's, that's pretty awesome. I think it takes place in the eighties, they said. And so that looks really cool. And then, um, they they announced uh, a new game. Uh, they're porting Skyrim to the uh, the uh, to um, Alexa, the <laughs> which was a joke, but you can actually download it. and And the joke was that uh, that basically it just talks to you. So you say, "I want to walk up this hill," and it's like, "Oh, you're getting attacked by three monsters," and you're like, "Oh, I want to kill the three monsters." It was obviously a spoof on everyone giving them a hard time for Skyrim being ported to every system known to man. And then they jokingly said coming soon to refrigerator TVs and stuff like that. So, but those are taking a little bit of, of fun with it and, uh, and making it a little more of a, Oh, how do I want to say like, just taking the piss out of it, I guess what you'd say if you're from across the pond, but it was a, it was a great, it, it was a really great one as well. And I, it certainly didn't overshadow Microsoft. Microsoft still owned the show at this point, but Bethesda had a good showing. And again, when you have a studio that you don't realize how many games are under their umbrella, like I often think, what can Bethesda really talk about? And they talked about a lot. And with what I would say with the announcements and some surprises like Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6, even though they're not really surprises, you just didn't expect them to be at the show. I think it's fair to say that like Bethesda to me got, you know, just a solid B, you know, um, it just was really good. It was it was a really good uh, thing. I guess the only thing keeping it down was I would love to see a trailer for Starfield, not just like a logo, and then um, you know maybe some obviously some same thing with Elder Scrolls. But uh, and then I would have liked to see a little bit more. Like they talked about Fallout seventy six, but I would like to see more of the multiplayer in action, not just you know. I guess I want to know more about it, and so that's the only things that held me back a little bit. Uh, Todd Howard though is a great showman, and he's a great face for that company, uh, and he puts on a good show, and, and it was it was really entertaining. So it kept me watching the whole time, uh, and so I really really enjoyed that. And next, then we were going to talk about the Square Enix one. So yesterday morning, Monday morning, we had Square Enix, which they announced it as a showcase, not a press conference, which is weird because. Everyone seemed to think it was going to be a press conference. And as a press conference, it was very disappointing because there was no press conference. It was just a bunch of trailers and content, which is totally fine. But Square Enix seems to be another company that 
doesn't have a lot going on. So you'd think, well, what can we really talk about? And I'm sad to say that Square was also one of the more disappointing uh, conferences of, of, of what I watched. However, there's some really great stuff in there. For instance, Dragon Quest XI. I'm very excited for that game. I hope it's really good. They talked a little bit more about the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit. That's that Life is Strange sequel that Microsoft unveiled first. They're doing a crossover with Monster Hunter World on Final Fantasy XIV. They showed some more Just Cause 4, which is, again, it's cool. They showed more Kingdom Hearts 3, even though we'd already kind of seen that and Just Cause 4 already. Um, they did debut a new game, however, called The Quiet Man. The Quiet Man, uh, it... Um, which looks really interesting. Um, it, it, it looks almost like the protagonist is deaf, but he uses that as almost some, some sort of ability that can help him or he has some sort of extended ability. And it just kind of shows him like, it was this really interesting blend because it was real actors and then it kind of blended into gameplay of him fighting them and then blended back to real actors. So, and it, it wasn't too jarring. It has actually worked out kind of well, but that's all we got was a teaser trailer. So I can't really get too excited for a game until we know more about it. And who knows, maybe it'll be playable on the show floor. And if it is, We'll know more in the next coming days, but yeah, it's uh, you know a new IP is always cool. Uh, then they talked about Shadow of the Tomb Raider some more, uh, which is a new, which is the third and probably final Tomb Raider game out of this reboot that's been happening, and uh, it looks good. I mean, I'm I'm working on uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider right now, so Shadow looks good. But you know, a glaring omission from this list um, was the Final Fantasy VII remake, and so I thought, oh well, maybe at the Sony conference, they, you know. Maybe the Sony conference, they will talk about it since Square didn't mention anything of it. And a spoiler, if you're watching this in, in order or listening to it in order, but Sony did not talk about Final Fantasy VII. So, you know, a couple years ago, one of their biggest announcements garners huge hype. A couple years later, doesn't even get mentioned at E3. That's a really, really bad sign. And there were rumors a while back that uh, the game was in trouble. And uh, the last thing I heard was that the director of Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to work on it when he's done with Kingdom Hearts 3. So the project might have been pushed back big time. But, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, 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 I don't know. You know, I want it to be good. That's all I could say. Um, but I'm, I'm having my doubts. Uh, and so that was Square. And so, you know, it was over in like a half hour. And it was just really just nothing there. You know, it was it was kind of sad and disappointing and yeah and i don't know <laughs> that that's about all i can really say about that it was just really um yeah it just really didn't do anything for me i wasn't excited really about anything um yeah you know it's, it, it's kind of a shame so then we had ubisoft and ubisoft <laughs> went on for a very long time um but they did talk about assassin's creed odyssey which i quite liked uh Assassin's Creed, I haven't played the last few, and I need to play Origins, apparently, because... Hold on, let me mute this. Because GameSpot auto-playing videos like a bunch of, like a bunch of dum-dums. Um, so Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, looks really good. And they've really changed this style, this game. Like, it's grown a lot since the older Assassin's Creeds. You have skill trees and, and growing paths... Um, you actually get to choose in this game, you get to choose a character, a female or male character. Uh, apparently they're going to have romance uh, decisions. You can um, you can make decisions that will affect the game later. Uh, and they've kind of gotten away with the map icon and just kind of went with this compass so that the world's not so abrasive uh, or so that the mini map's not so abrasive. And it's a really minimalized uh, HUD, which is also very good. So there's just a lot of good things with these Assassin's Creed. They've really kind of cranked up 
how they do open world games. So I, I definitely, definitely need to play Origins and I will be playing Odyssey. So I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, it takes place in Greece. It's called Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It takes place in Greece. It looks awesome. You look like an ex-Spartan. Um, so that could be really cool. And, and working in how the Assassin's Guild or the Templars worked with the, uh, uh, with, uh, with the Spartans. And it was, uh, it was Greece versus Sparta. It was just, just an awesome time in history. Um, yeah, so, so that looked good. Then they showed some gameplay in another trailer for Beyond Good and Evil 2, a game that we kept thinking might never come out. Uh, I played the first one so long ago and I'll tell you, I can't remember anything about it. I don't know why, but I can't remember anything about it. So this is a game that a lot of fans have wanted for a really long time, and I hope they get it. Uh, then they talked about The Crew 2, which, again, I'm just not very excited for. I liked The Crew 1 because it seemed like it was a cross-country like heist game. The Crew 2 just seems to be more like a motorsports game. So it's, oh, fly planes, drive motorcycles, boats, cars, whatever you want to drive, you drive, and it's an open world, and it's like you know challenges. and stuff. I don't really know what else is in the game. But it doesn't seem to appeal to me anymore. Um, now, the one interesting thing, though, is the company that's making Crew 2 is not Reflections. So that's the studio that did Driver and did the Crew. So I'm curious as to what they're working on. Because they maybe they're working on a new Driver game. That would be awesome, especially something that was open world that could rival something like Grand Theft Auto, but, you know, Driver, and just kind of put their spin on it. So I'd like to see that. Um Ubisoft then continued on with, uh, they talked about Division 2 some more. They, that's when they announced that there's going to be eight-player raids. Doesn't get me excited at all. Um, they announced an update to For Honor. They're actually adding a new faction. So the Chinese fighting force uh, is being added. So that's a fourth faction being added to um, being added to For Honor. So good for them. Just Dance 2019. So a new Just Dance game, which it's there every year they come out. No big deal. However, the really interesting thing about that is it's being released on the original Wii. So in 2019, there's a new game coming out for the original Wii, <laughs> which is 13 years after the system's release. So just think about that for a little bit. That, that's kind of mental. And not the Wii U, mind you, the regular Wii. Crazy to me that that's still a thing. Uh, and then they, they went more into depth with uh, Skull and Bones, which is their sailor um, pirate game with the uh, pirate ship battles. It looks cool, but I, I definitely got to get my hands on a game like that. Um, and then they had, uh, you know, they talked about a new feature called PvPVE, which is you and other pirates uh, are fighting to take over uh, bases for things. Uh, so you're playing against other players, but also fighting against these bases you're trying to overtake. Uh, so Skull and Bones, it looks kind of like they took the ship battles from Assassin's Creed Black Flag and then made an entire game just based off of that. So that's what it kind of looks like. Uh, and then we uh, they talked about uh, this game that they announced last year called Starlink, which is like a... It looks kind of like a, like a ship, a flying spaceship game, but it uses real-life toys that you buy. So it's similar to, like say, Skylanders or Lego Dimensions where you have to buy a physical item to go along with it. But really late to the party because all those things are kind of dying out now so i'm not sure how this is going to work um but uh so i mean it looks kind of cool and then they announced a star fox dlc for it so we will we will see how that all pans out uh and then they talked about uh transference so this is a this is an ubisoft title coming to the oculus vive or just me to the to vr so oculus the vive playstation vr and it says it's coming to xbox one um, so it must not be VR required, but it's like a, 
it's some sort of like psycho horror game and it's made by like Elijah Wood in his game studio. So that's kind of neat that he's working on games and, and it, it could be good, like a psychological thriller, first person horror VR game. And then uh, lastly, alphabetically speaking, they talked about uh, Trials Rising. So I've never played Trials and Jordan was, uh, he was giving me a hard time about it how I've never tried it. And same with Ashton and Jordan, we're both kind of getting on me about it. And I'll definitely have to try it, especially being a fan of old games like Excite Bike. I don't know. I'd probably love the game, but it just was one of those games. I never, it never crossed my path, I guess you'd say. And so this trials rising is just a new one that they're working on. And uh, it looks as crazy as ever, you know, like doing all these crazy tricks. Basically it's like you're on a, on a motorbike and you're trying to go through obstacle courses. Sometimes it's races and sometimes it's like hopping and jumping up platforming to get through an area, but it looks like it's all physics based. So they have like a lot of things, you know, you have swinging devices, you know, um, and a lot of traps and things to catch you as you're going through. So it, it looks, it looks pretty cool actually. So Ubisoft, uh, again, if I had to give them a grade, I would probably say Ubisoft was like a B minus. They had some, some lulls and some boring stuff, but it was pretty good. They had some stuff in there. You know, it wasn't as boring as EA, but it was, it was good. It just wasn't great. So we'll say B minus for them. And that was Ubisoft. And then next I want to get to, I want to get to Sony. So this one is the most fresh in my mind. This is the one we just saw last night. And I have a little bit of a, of a tradition we do. So the guys and I get together at the store and we always watch the Sony press conference together. It's this really kind of neat, just whatever you just get together. We order a couple of pizzas and we drink a few beers and we watch the Sony press conference, which next year will be the first year I miss it. I think, cause I'm planning on going to E3 next year with, uh, with Jordan from drop rate. And so we're, uh, you know, we're sitting down, we're relaxing and, and a couple, like a week or so ago, Sony had come out and said, you know, we just want to let you know, that we're really just going to focus on our four big titles. So it was, I think it was their way of lightening the blow. Now, either one, they decided they weren't going to go out and spend money on getting exclusive announcements, or two, they found out that they couldn't because Microsoft already beat them to the punch. So if that's the case, then Sony, I think, was was you know absorbing the blow a little bit by, by lowering and tempering everyone's expectations. And all in all, Sony had a good show, but it definitely wasn't like in the past where they were dropping reveal bomb after reveal bomb uh i liked all the information they had there but i think they present it in kind of a weird way sony you know in the beginning they had like some musicians playing like a little song to kind of gear you up for the game they were going to debut it just kind of seemed weird to me though i don't know why i don't know why they always do it that way i'd almost rather i, I miss the days of like jack trenton coming out and sean layton coming out and like ushering in the trailers and the people and the devs and my understanding is that it was in a couple different rooms so people had to like they had to like get people up and walking to the next room. And then while they were doing that, they would cut back to this little table of four people talking about the thing they just saw. So kind of weird <clears throat> stylistically how they decided to, to do that. But, uh, and again, alpha, I'm going to try to go through this as I remember it instead of alphabetically. So the first thing they showed was last of us two. And they showed this, this cinematic trailer of Ellie at like a, like a dance, you know, and it's pretty upbeat and pretty happy. And then she sees uh, her girlfriend and, and so they're, they're like dancing. And, and the one girl mentioned something about how, you know, everyone's staring at you or something. And Ellie kind of goes into this flashback and this was a really neat way to show off gameplay. So then the flashback 
it it kind of teleports to an area where she's killing like a bunch of people and the gameplay looks just incredible it's seamless um between like the cinematics and the actual stealth gameplay and uh there's parts where she's running and she grabs a bottle and can throw it without breaking stride and, and just cracks it uh over the person's head and then uh you know shooting arrows stealth killing people and like just the the running through all the areas and then hiding watching them go by like it was just it looked really good they didn't show any the clickers or anything they only really showed the people they'd be fighting but it looks awesome uh so last was part two it was just this really great blend of like show some more cinematic but then also get to show gameplay all in one kind of video and i really liked how they handled that um <clears throat> and then they talked about um ghost of tsushima was the next one now this is also one of my like I can't get this game out of my head hype moments. So cyberpunk ghost of Tsushima, like they're just two of these games. I cannot wait for. And ghost of Tsushima is a, is done by insomnia, uh, by, um, sucker punch who did, um, the infamous games and they're making an open world Japanese samurai game. And, uh, my understanding is it takes place during a, uh, when, um, the Chinese were, I think it was the Chinese or it was the Mongolians, they were attempting to, to invade Japan. So uh, Tsushima was like an island off of Japan. It was one of the first islands that got overridden by this invading force. And then they moved further into Japan and then got pushed back. So this is kind of the story is as they've taken over your homeland, you're fighting back against that. Uh, and then you they showed you get on a horse. Graphically, it just was unbelievable. Um, he was like like riding through a wheat field and it was just mind-blowing how it looked i mean it was i i quite i mean i i can't describe it in a way that would be would do it justice you know it was just um just incredible and so that looks really good and they showed combat and you can platform so you can jump and grab onto things he has like a grappling hook type thing so he grabbed on pulled up snuck in through a window and then air dove and killed two people the combat looks really technical like you lock on you can block parry um yeah it just looked so good so that is so high in my hype list like just just bonkers high on my on my hype list. I really can't get much more hype than that. Um, and then we had uh, they talked about, and I'm forgetting what order now because I'm just I'm so like amped talking about things. And so they talked about Black Ops Four. There's gonna be um, the Black Ops Three is free right now on Plus. I don't really care. Um, apparently, if you pre-order the game, you'll get the original Black Ops maps remastered for free in Black Ops Four. Again, I don't really care. They did debut a new game by Remedy called control so remedy is the studio that did alan wake and they did quantum break and uh they mo they in the past did stuff like max Payne one and two so they have a new game looks very strange like you're manipulating like she, the, the main character is like a gun and she's manipulating it and changing shapes and then like manipulating the room almost like an mc escher kind of painting or, or picture where it's like can walk on the ceiling and the walls very strange stuff have no idea what the game's going to be like but it's awesome to see um, remedy back, uh, multi-platform. I think their games will do better reaching a, a broader and wider audience. So I think that's really good. Um, they talked more about death stranding. So they showed more, uh, they showed more video. They showed a new trailer and they actually showed gameplay. Um, now I love everything Kojima. Like if I could turn my camera here, you'd see, I have 50 metal gear statues. I am just the biggest metal gear fan. I think Kojima is a brilliant game designer, but I'm having a hard time getting excited for this game because we don't know anything about it. And when the metal gear trailers would come out, it was okay to be vague because quite frankly, we knew the universe the game existed in. So we could start to speculate. However, now 
we know nothing about the game, so our speculations have no basis, and it's even more difficult to speculate. So obviously, he's dropping little hints here and there. It's a game that's still very far away. I, I highly doubt we'll even see it next year. Probably won't see it until 2020. Um, it could be also multi-platform as well. But, uh, you know, they showed some gameplay, but the gameplay was him just walking. <laughs> so it looks kind of like he's almost a delivery person, or he's some sort of, like, odds and ends sort of guy, and that there's whatever this force is, it's they come out in the rain and there's like these monsters or demons or something and they'll suck you up um and that's it and so i we don't know much else about it and obviously visually it looks beautiful um personally i guess i'd almost wish they didn't use real actors only because it almost pulls me out of the game someone like like norman reedus he's not really like an actor that acts differently he he has his style and so all i see every time i look at him is norman reedus you know um but you know, I, I don't know. It, I, I think the game will be great. I still believe in Kojima as a game developer. I just have a hard time getting excited about a game that I know literally nothing about. Uh, then uh, a final announcement, actually, after the show was over, technically, From Software announced a new VR game, a PS4 exclusive game called Derecine, and it kind of looked like a first person, I don't know, something? First person, almost like a walking simulator horror game, but again, have no idea. Looked kind of neat, I suppose. Um, they announced they're going to add a new game plus mode to God of War and you'll be able to carry over all your weapons and everything and start the game over from scratch. That's kind of neat, I suppose. Um, they announced a special edition Kingdom Hearts 3 PlayStation 4 Pro console, which looked kind of cool. I mean, I, I have a lot of PlayStation 4 systems already. I don't need to buy any more, but it still looked cool. Uh, kind of a surprise Tecmo... Uh, Team Ninja at Tecmo announced uh, Neo 2. So Neo, if you don't know, is a was a uh, uh, like a Soulsborne type game made by Team Ninja, but set in Japan and uh, dark with demons and stuff like that. It was it was very good, but very hard. It wasn't as fair as Dark Souls though, so I didn't actually finish the first one and I liked it, but it it was hard, but it wasn't consistent with its. Um, it wasn't just wasn't consistent as Dark Souls is, and I think that's why I like Dark Souls so much. I don't really get cheesed in that game. In Neo. I got cheesed plenty of times in deaths and it kind of was frustrating. So we'll see Neo two though. I'm definitely going to play it and I'm sure they'll refine on, you know, their, their system they've been working on. Uh, then we would go to the resident evil two remake. So they announced resident evil two remake is coming. It is a multi-platform game. So it is coming to Xbox and PC as well, but my God remake and resident evil two, they showed a trailer. It was actually kind of awesome. They showed like, you're like a rat kind of running around and they, you walk past this thing and it's a PS one sitting there. And I'm like, as soon as I saw the PS one, I knew it was resident evil two. It had that just kind of gritty darkness to it. Trailer carries on. It's a zombie biting some guy and then it's resident evil two. And then it shows the zombie get blasted by Leon. Um, and like I had mentioned earlier, uh, if you'd watched some of the other videos, Leon and Claire do look different. They've changed the character models. Um, but I think it's okay. I, you know, I, I just think we have to realistically know that it's a studio working out that's going to want to give us their vision of a remake, and it's okay to change that stuff whether we like it or not. We have to really give the game a fair shake, I think. And then, uh, you know, this is something we knew was coming for a long time, and it's actually only a few months away, but the Spider-Man game. They, they showed more details on that. They showed a lot more gameplay. They show this kind of prison break scene where Electro is breaking people out of prison, 
and it's Electro and Scorpion and Rhino and Vulture, and you're like, oh my god, like, are we freeing up the Sinister Six? Like, what's happening here? And if that's going to be the theory of the game, I think it could be really awesome. Um, and then at the end, you know, they kind of show Spider-Man getting his butt kicked, and at the very, very end, he just looks up and there's someone else there, so we don't know if it's someone saving him or someone there to kick his butt some more, but it looked really good, and the, the combat looks to be like the Batman Arkham games, um, but with an aerial twist added to it. So now imagine like a Devil May Cry where you have like your, like in Devil May Cry 4, you had a, a grab with your, your arms. So you could pop guys in there, then grab them back down and pull them to you and attack. It was so cool. This game has that, but with Spider-Man. So he's web slinging, pulling guys in, beating the crap out of guys. And then just when you're traversing the, the, the city, they showed him web slinging and it just looks so fluid and smooth. And I think it's finally going to be that Spider-Man game we've been waiting for since Spider-Man 2 on the PlayStation 2 and, and Xbox and GameCube. Um, and honestly, that, that was it for Sony. Uh, again, I don't like comparing and, and I haven't, I, and I've said this in the past too, obviously being a Sony guy, but if I don't like to say like, Oh, Sony versus Microsoft or Sony versus Bethesda, it just seems kind of silly. And, and I, I said this in a tweet the other day, but truly the, the winners coming out of E3 right now are us. If you're a fan of games, it, it is a, an amazing time for games right now. <laughs> and, um, and it just, everything was great but like i've been doing with everybody else if i had to give sony a grade i'd probably give them a b plus you know i don't think they had as many they certainly didn't have as many reveals as microsoft microsoft came out for two hours and talked about games um sony came out for about an hour and talked about games including ones that we already knew were coming out um so i think i think microsoft if i had to give the edge i would give it to microsoft as far as an entertaining presentation but uh, Sony had some great announcements too. So Sony is very consistent with their, you know, with their eights, you know, eight, eight and a half out of 10 presentations. Microsoft this year just happened to be at a nine. So, um, for, you know, for me, so anyway, a great, great conference though. And the only real disappointments were Square Enix and, and, uh, EA and Ubisoft was a little boring, but it, it's kind of what you're expecting. So I don't really want to give them a hard time about that. But uh, very, very awesome. Uh, and then uh, lastly, we're going to be talking about Nintendo, but it actually hasn't started yet. So you're going to hear a weird cut right here, and then we're going to cut to the uh, Nintendo recap. So we just got done watching Nintendo, um, and it, it was it was a little more focused on Smash Brothers than I thought it would. So they, they did go over a few things. Uh, they announced a couple of indie games that were coming out, uh, stuff like Hollow Knight coming out today, a few others. And then they went into just a slew of Smash Brothers. I'm talking, they talked about Smash Brothers for probably 25 to 30 minutes. They did announce a new Fire Emblem game. They announced uh, some of the other stuff coming out. And they announced Smash Brothers will be coming 7th of December of this year. So that's really, really good for them. They basically said that it's called Smash Brothers Ultimate. It's going to have every character that's ever been in a Smash Brothers game in it. And then, uh, but it's technically like a port slash, it's a port, but a, a remake, an ultimate edition of the Wii U Smash Brothers game. Um, so, but like I said, they're including every character that's ever been in a game, including Solid Snake from Smash Brothers Brawl. Uh, and bringing back his original voice actor being David Hayter, which is just awesome. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so it's now this will be a game that's fifty nine ninety nine, and the Switch gets a lot of crap, and I give it a hard time for a lot of things, especially saying things like, you know, it's it's a port machine and sixty dollar ports. Donkey Kong Jungle Freeze, I have a hard time justifying as a sixty dollar port. 
Super Smash Brothers, I do not. They're adding all these characters. They're updating all their looks. They're adding all these new stages, all these new modes. Uh, they're doing a lot of balance changes. Like, this is not just a port, in my opinion. It is an ultimate version, kind of like Mario Kart 8, where it added all the DLC and everything. Um, and I'm okay with that. I think it's a, I think it's a good game, and I think uh, it's, it's meant to reach the masses. Uh, and then... Um, I guess, lastly, they mentioned that it will also support um, GameCube controllers. So it's going to work with the GameCube controller and the GameCube... Uh, well, well, it used to be called the Wii U GameCube adapter. Now it's be called the Switch GameCube adapter, I'm sure. But they'll put that back into production along with the controllers, which is excellent, excellent news. Um, yeah, I don't know. There was some kind of weird hiccup there. Sorry about that. <clears throat> so, uh, yes, new, new Smash Brothers, all new characters including Ridley, bringing back characters like um, Ice Climbers and Solid Snake. Very cool stuff. They also announced a new Mario Party game, which had this neat feature where two Switches were like put next to each other in different configurations. They were allowed to like use them both as a level. Really, really interesting stuff. <clears throat> um, so I don't know how that all works, but Nintendo was always innovating. Uh, it looked pretty good. I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, they showed more Octopath Traveler, Fire Emblem, uh, Sushi Striker. They talked about Hollow Knight coming, uh, Fortnite's coming to the Switch. That's a big one for a lot of people. So, um, yeah, just a, just a really good showing by Nintendo. If I had to give them a grade, I guess I would put them, I have to give them an A. I really think it was there, and while I'm not personally much of a Smash Brothers fan, if you're a Smash Brothers fan and you're not happy with this conference, I don't know what would make you happy, basically. Um, but anyway, like I said, this podcast is a little different this week because it was just all E3 coverage. I want to say, as always, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for uh, sticking around. If uh, if you listen to this on iTunes or SoundCloud, please hop over to droprate.life, or uh, you can go to YouTube and search for The Drop Rate, and it will take you to our YouTube channel, and you can subscribe to us there. would really appreciate it. So thanks, everybody, for all, the, uh, you know, for all listening. Uh, we'll see you again next week back to the normal Game Talk Radio uh, type show. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Have a good day. Bye-bye.